When Linda Burney entered federal parliament in 2016, she became the first Aboriginal woman to sit in the House of Representatives. She entered parliament with an extraordinary resume on her contribution to public life. Active in the reconciliation movements at both the state and federal level, she'd worked in community organisations and for state government before entering the New South Wales Parliament in 2003 where she was the deputy leader of the opposition and had portfolios of community services and youth. Now in the federal parliament, she is the shadow minister for Indigenous Australians and shadow minister for families and social services. Among the many issues she's championed, she has led with her advocacy on the issues of welfare reform, economic reform and First Nations issues, including constitutional recognition. So thank you so much for taking some time from the campaign to talk with us at Speaking <laughs> <Thank> Out. <you>. <laughs> just before we get into the hard policies, I was just wondering if you could share with us what uh, created your interest in getting into politics within the House. I mean, you've done a lot of work in the community, you've done a lot of work in policy, and then suddenly, of course, you made the big decision, not an easy decision to actually, you know, put your money where your mouth is and, and be in the House. So what was the... the For me, Larissa, it was a natural next step. Um, I'd worked within government, I'd worked outside of government, um, I knew how to make policy I knew what the legislative process was. But most importantly, the mystery around politicians had been stripped away from me quite, <laughs> quite dramatically. Um, and I, for me, it was just the next logical step. And there weren't many women around at the time. There were certainly very few Aboriginal people. And I'd worked my entire life on the social justice issues. And I thought, well time to take the big step and sit at the table truly. And of course you did a stint at state level before you went to the federal level. I think it's important for people to remember that actually you've, you know, you've tried your hand and, and made a difference at both of those levels. Um, campaigning on national issues must be exhausting. You've got your own um, constituency that you're very loyal and, and very active with. And then, of course, you have for us a national profile on the issues that are close to your heart and that you are, you know, informing policy on. So how's it been going for you having to <laughs> campaign across well, all of these big issues. I've uh, forgotten how many different motel rooms I've been in, but uh, went, out, went out to Stradbroke Island and made some important health announcements, then went out to a place called Goodna, which is in the seat of Oxley, and made some more announcements, had something to eat and collapsed into bed, actually, and then uh, doing a whole lot of campaign work. Uh, with my campaign manager, making sure everything's uh, organised. And here I am with you. I go home tonight and tomorrow I'm up to the central coast, to the seat of Robertson, where we've got this amazing young Koori doctor uh, standing for us in the seat of Robertson. I'm tired just listening to <laughs> you. Um, obviously, one of the things that you've been critical in shaping is the, the policies around First Nations yes. issues at the moment. But I wonder if you could share with us your perspective on how you would answer a question around the ALP's record on First Nations issues. Well, the ALP, really, when you think of the big moments, it's been the ALP um, I was in Redfern Park when Paul Keating made that incredible speech and I 
think my mouth was as open as everyone else's when he said it was us that took the children, it was us that brought the alcohol. Just remarkable. The iconic photo of Gough Whitlam pouring red sand into the hand of that old man, Vincent Ligiari, with the handback of the Gurindji people's land. Uh, and also, of course, the apology when Kevin Rudd made the apology after such a long, long time of John Howard refusing to do it are just three of the big moments. Uh, there's also, of course, uh, Paul Keating with native title and a whole range of other things, the establish- establishment of the Reconciliation Council. And, you know, what's going to be amazing, Larissa, is that all going well, after the next election, we could have six or seven First Nations people in the ALP caucus, and that's remarkable. I want to put your shadow minister for Indigenous Australians to one side for a moment and ask you more generally because, of course, I think one of the things that's been impressive with how you've worked while you've been in government is understanding how across every portfolio there are First Nations issues. But just from a general point of view, what, from your perspective, are some of the key policies that you're taking into the election and will take into government? Well, the, the really big one, the iconic one, of course, is that the ALP will or has embraced the Uluru Statement in full and we will uh, pursue that in government, including a referendum to recognise a mob in the Constitution by way of a First Nations voice to the Parliament. We'll also be establishing a Makarata Commission to undertake a national process of truth-telling as well as, of course, uh, a national treaty-making process. And you know this, um, and I want to make it really clear to people listening to us, that a national process of treaty-making is not something you do in three minutes. It will take many, many years. It's complex. But I am determined, if I am the minister, that we will begin that process in conjunction with what states and territories are doing but most importantly, uh, what the community is saying. One of the things that we want to do is bring all of the people that attended Uluru back together very quickly after uh, for the 21st uh, to t- start talking to them about what a model might look like, what the question should be in a referendum, and then um, get our skates on and do it. Um, obviously, another area where you have had a huge role to play over the course of your life really has been in the area of education. And I was wondering what might be some of the key things you'd sure. draw our attention mm-hmm. to there. And I guess also if there was anything, the other area, of course, is in around social services. You've been a strong advocate in that. Yes. So if there are policy issues yeah. across those, you think we should be aware of? Well, the other one, of course, is health, which I'll mention as well. So Um, We have made unprecedented commitments to um, hard infrastructure in the health field. Um, I went went to Sejuna a few weeks ago to look at the um, health facility there, which is appalling. I mean, there's black mould, there's asbestos, and I thought it was a joke, but at every door there's a big um, shovel 
And I thought, God, what what are all the shuttles for? And then there's signs everywhere, danger and snakes. So (laughs) so you you have the shuttle to kill the snake. Um, But we've also made some really important commitments in the heritage area, including um, having a standalone Aboriginal Heritage uh, Act, which I think is really important. Uh, We will be investing about $12 million into water infrastructure, particularly in remote communities. And a lot of people don't understand, but, you know, things like home dialysis can't be used in many communities because the water's not of a quality that it can be used. In the education space, for example, and the point you've made about ministers taking responsibility in their own area is so important and Tanya Plebisek has made a major announcement around the teaching of Aboriginal languages in schools, um, some announcements about girls' education. But the um, in the social services space, uh, most of the work that I've been focusing on has been for older Australians, and I can't tell you on this show, um, hopefully an announcement coming up, which I think will be very welcomed. Um, In the Indigenous Affairs space, Larissa, we've done enormous amounts of work, including addressing issues around Aboriginal deaths in custody and big investments, as I said, across the health portfolio, but also two really or three really senior. Firstly, is that we're going to get rid of the cashless debit card um, and replace that with wraparound services. We're saying that it should be voluntary for people to be on any income management. Um, It is not up to governments to think that this is the panacea because it's not. Um, We'll be also rebuilding the community development um, program, CDP, um, so that people will have proper wages, proper conditions um, and things like long service superannuation just like everyone else does. So there's some of the things we're going to be doing. What are your key observations of the Morrison government's performance on First Nations issues? Look, it's been really interesting. I have enormous regard, as I think we all do, for um, Minister Wyatt, for for Ken Wyatt, and I've known him for a really long time. But what's really clear is that what he'd like to do, he has no hope of doing because he doesn't have the support of his party room. And that's been my main observation is that, you know, 12 months ago saying we're going to have constitutional reform and then walk that back and walk it back and walk it back to where we're going to have legislation then walk it back even further where there was absolutely nothing. I am so excited about is that I have 100% support for the sorts of things that you and I have just spoken about in the Labor Caucus. Uh, We observe Aboriginal protocols, acknowledgements of country, and you know what's been amazing, and I noticed this with um, the launch in Brisbane, um, Perth the other day, the biggest applause, the spontaneous applause happens when you say we will implement the Uluru Statement. People out there know what we're talking about. 
obviously we've had a sort of unprecedented period we've lived through in terms of what we've been through with the pandemic and we're seeing the crisis in Ukraine. And I, I just wonder from your perspective, what do you feel is at, is at stake at this election? I think the future of who we want to be as a nation is at stake. I mean, we just can't keep doing what the Morrison government is now doing and that's getting from one news cycle to the other. People want to be excited. People want to know that we've got a future. People want aces in the world and how we're going to conduct ourselves. But people want fairness more than anything else, which is why I think there's so much support for the Uluru Statement. Um, And one of the reasons that the Labor Party has as its slogan, a better future, no one left behind, um, no one worse off. They're not just words for us. They are things that we have been talking about for two years. Just finally, obviously, in a way, what you've shown by going into politics is that you can get a seat at the table in a different way. And you mentioned the increasing number of people that might be there in the Labor Party caucus and we're seeing we've got, you know, Uncle Ken Wyatt inside and we've got some, you know, young, impressive black fellas in the Greens. In fact, all political parties now have that representation. But it's not an easy road. It takes a lot of toll on people personally and particularly for women mm. where there is, you know, obviously a lot of online abuse, a lot of trolling, you know, a lot of um, negative media um, misogynistic language around that. But in all of that, for black fellas who are listening and who might aspire to have a political career, what is your advice for them? Do it. I know that sounds very easy. Make up your mind where your political loyalties lie. Join that party and realise it's really hard work. I mean, one of the things... And I know that you and I have spoken about it before. I'm the member for Barton. I have to represent everyone. I happen to be Aboriginal and that's who I am. That's important. It's the way I conduct myself. But remember, if you're a member of parliament, you are there to represent everyone's views and uh, the respect that I'm given, um, the way that I'm listened to has not come overnight. It's come from very credible hard work over a long period of time. That's Shadow Minister for Indigenous Australians and Shadow Minister for Families and Social Services, Linda Burney.